Hi, this is Tim, and welcome to the Automation Bytes podcast. That's spelled B-Y-T-E, or at least that's what one of our listeners, Stanley, wants to call it. And for that submission, he has been put into the contest to win a PLC Tools Sim ALP2 Analog Simulator. Between now and the ninth episode, we will be taking submissions for what we should name this podcast, and then we will put it to an online vote. And on the 10th episode, we will announce the winner of the Analog Simulator and some other exciting things. So put down in the comments what you think we ought to name this channel. But I did think that Automation Bytes kind of worked well for today's episode because today we're going to talk about failures. <sighs> yeah, I know. We're not supposed to talk about failures. But hey, I'm going to let you in on an important secret that a lot of people don't want you to know. We all failed. It's all cool. And I do believe we need to talk more about our failures. In fact, I never forget someone locally was asking me, hey, could you come talk to this group and mentor them a little bit? They're kind of up and coming businesses. They could use some advice. And I'm like, I'm probably not the business professional to give advice. And she was like, well, I mean, I've got an MBA. I mean, if that's all they needed, then that's all over the internet. They need to know about that they can overcome their failures. That's the part that we're struggling to find people to talk about. And I think we do make it really taboo to talk about failures. And so I've been hanging on to this question for quite a while. Actually, this question was in our 44 questions about PLCs part two. And if you were sent me a message saying, I'm new to PLCs and did my first project, it didn't go as well as it should have and they had to bring in someone to finish it. The project manager told me I should probably look at a different profession that I didn't have what it took to program PLCs. Well, as much as I'd like to tell you that this guy needs a colon cleanse, that's not really gonna help your long-term success. But I think we do need to divide this up is first we have your failure or the project not going well. And then we have the customer's reaction to your project not going well. Let's address whether you have what it takes or not to be in this industry. Of nearly everyone that I have ever worked with in this industry, they absolutely had what it took. As you got your program kind of starting to work or you made a little headway, did you get some butterflies in your stomach? Did you find yourself wanting to stay and learn more and really get it done? Then yeah, you've got what it takes. I'm a firm believer that you can do anything as long as you set your mind to it. The biggest thing you need is a willingness to learn. Now, you did fail, and I think that's an important thing to acknowledge. In fact, you notice in the initial message from him, he said it didn't go well. Well, that's not really quite acknowledging the failure. So I've had lengthy conversations with him since, and yeah, he did fail. He could clearly identify where he failed. And that, that's an important part because really, if you keep doing the same mistake over and over, then you have a problem. And chances are, it is gonna come from lack of acknowledging that you have failed. So when we have these moments of failure, actually, and I shouldn't even call it moments of failure because this goes for any project. When we have this moment where we can see where we did something wrong, First, it's important that we acknowledge, yeah, we did something wrong. And then how can we do better next time? And that how-to we can do better next time is what we need to move forward with. 
And then we need to bundle that failure up and throw it in the past and look to the future. Because I do, I see a lot of people that dwell on some traumatic event of their life or traumatic experience of a project and they're kind of stuck there. You gotta take what you can learn from it and then move on. And that's so important. But also let's make sure we're clear here. I don't think any of us, at least I, I haven't yet, I don't think anybody who is being honest would say they have ever executed the perfect project. There's always something to learn. And I never forget, I, I had one customer, you know, and we would end up on job sites remotely and we'd have to drive back afterwards. But on the way back for probably like the first 30 minutes or an hour, we'd really talk about the project. What went well, what went bad, and really, what can we do better the next time? And probably initially in your career, yeah, what you can do better next time is ginormous, or at least in scope, it seems ginormous. But even as we get better and we do project after project, there's still a small little thing somewhere that we can do better. And I think one thing that makes really certain people exceptional in this industry compared to just being good is that ability to always identify what you can do better the next time. Going a little rabbit trail, I never forget, I was at a convention and I'm going through the list of all the different breakout sessions that they were having. And one of them was on project failures. And I'm like, oh, I definitely want to go to that. And I mean, it really caught my eye. And of course I go in there and the room's about half empty. And I'm like, really? I mean, I'm, am I the only one that's interested in learning from failures? I thought it was real interesting. They had three people there that were sharing their stories. And one of them just genuinely opened up about how he had failed at this particular project and what he identified that he should do better next time. The other one did something similar. But the third one is the one that really caught my attention. Because one, he had had absolutely the most horrific failure of the three of them. But he went through what was required and what the installers had done and how it had horrifically failed. But at the last minute, he still had to say, but if they had done it just like I had told them to, it would have been a success. I don't think that guy actually had gotten the point that he had failed. Maybe if they had done it just the way he said, it would have worked. But the issue was the way that he was telling them to do it was in, in this case, it was not culturally acceptable. And we use that term a lot when we're talking about working in a different country. But I'll tell you, if you're going to some places, it, Cultural acceptability is still a thing. It's just called something else. And really, if an operator will not embrace your design, you're gonna have a miserable time. I mean, just period. And whether you call that being a stubborn operator, or in my case, I would call it, you built a system that wasn't culturally acceptable to him, you're gonna have problems. It's very important that we identify truly that We'll call it that little central problem that caused this failure. Also, I do want to highlight something else this guy did that was probably, well, now I know it was important because, you know, this question actually is from 
I don't know how long it's from, maybe nine months ago, and I followed this guy. He's actually doing great. Is he failed, and they had to bring someone else in. He stuck it out with the other person there. And I'm going to go ahead and switch over to an early story in my life that was the exact same situation. I had a project that absolutely went horrible. And yeah, we did nickname this project, the project from hell. And even in my mind today, that was absolutely the worst project I have ever been on in my life. And hopefully the worst project I'll ever go on again. But there were multiple failure points. We had mechanical failures. We had design failures. We had a salesperson that was selling a trip to the moon. And I mean, it was just insanity. And of course we had an amateur programmer that was in over his head, especially with all these other things. Which yeah, the amateur programmer was me if you hadn't figured that out. We went and it didn't work. I mean, and for every reason it didn't work. And here's where chances are, and in this guy's case, the failure was not 100% his. Really, in this guy's case, he owned probably, we'll say 25 to 30% of the failure, which means there's still 75% that was completely out of his control. And probably similarly in this situation, yeah, I owned, you know, 20, 30% of this failure. There was 70% that was completely out of my control. And they brought someone else in to try to fix it. And I could have just walked away with my head tucked. But if there's one bit of advice I can give you at the point that you're in this situation is keep your head held high and stick it out till the end or they throw you out the door. And now when I say stay, keep your head up high, that nowhere did I say that you, oh no, this is not my failure. Well, no, no, I, I knew I'd failed. I was totally humiliated here, but I did stay there and I did watch this guy on how he fixed it and how he did things. And here I'm going to say again, and I know I get on you veteran programmers about this all the time, but it's so important. If you have somebody new looking over your shoulder, don't, don't snub them or don't tell them to get away. I mean, yeah, okay, it's awkward having somebody look over your shoulder, but that can be such a great experience for them. You are helping get the next generation of programmer in here by letting them look over your shoulder. Oh, we don't need any more competition. I mean, really? We don't need any more competition? Do you know how much of a shortage there is of people in our industry? We need to get everybody in here we can. There is no competition. Let's build some serious competition. Now we can really have some good aggressive competition or whatever you call it. But anyway, I watched this guy and I watched how he did things. I watched, you know, how he, you know, solved problems and it really did help me along. And he really took the time to explain things. And it was so important to grow in me as a programmer. And I, I do, I appreciate him all the way till today for doing that. Because really, he could have been all cocky and been like, yep, I'm here to fix your mess up. But he didn't. He really just walked through things with me and put me on the path to becoming what I am today. But even then, it did, I gotta admit, I mean, it took me years to get over what I'll call my internal judgment of that project. And that's something I, I wish I knew how to tell you to get over faster. I'd even see some of those people later. It's like, oh gosh, they're gonna, they're gonna remember me as you know that big project I failed on. 
You know, they never said anything. And that seemed like a ginormous failure to me, but to them, it was probably just, hey, yeah, you remember, he was fairly young, learning, and hey, he's doing a lot better. And I don't think there was any condemnation except inside of me. It seems like I have to be such a cheerleader for a lot of you that are trying to get over that hump. And all I can tell you is, hey, we, we all have to get over that hump. Okay, back to the original question. That kind of addresses the failure. We also had the customer's reaction to the failure. Going back to that equation that I said in a previous episode, event plus response equals outcome. Obviously, there was a bad event. And your customer's response can have a severe impact on the outcome or mainly on your mental state of this project. And I think you can gauge a lot about a customer from this. A bad customer probably will be shouting, screaming, telling you you're dumb, you did everything wrong, and you know, you've cost me this much money because of this, and I'm gonna back charge you and all this crap. But the good customer, I think is gonna look more, well, first, they're gonna still acknowledge this failure because obviously they still have an issue, but they're gonna look and be like, okay, well, what do we need to do to get this where it needs to be? And okay, maybe that is bring someone else in, maybe that is replace a part, and okay, maybe that is you're gonna pay for it. But they're going to look more of how can we steer this into a success than just sitting there raging about this failure. And in this particular user's case, I'm so thankful he figured out that this was a bad customer. Unfortunately, especially if you're starting out, you gotta take what you can get, and that's what he was doing. But this customer was absolutely just a raging bully. And I could share more about what this customer said, but it, it doesn't add anything to this podcast. He just constantly was badgering this guy and putting him down. And I told him right away, I said, you got to get away from this customer. He said, well, I mean, I've got to, I got to pay bills. I'm like, yeah, I don't care. You go brag groceries in the evening. You got to get away from this customer. And he did. He got away from them and he found better customers. And that didn't change who he was. That didn't change his programming style. It didn't change his skill capability, but it put him on the path where he could do better and do better and do better. And he's doing great now. He's making a living. Hey, and hey, if you're making a living, you're starting to do pretty good. Okay, so takeaways from this podcast is, I hope y'all realize that everyone fails, or well, maybe someone out there will say they haven't failed. So let's just say that I have failed. And probably a large portion of the veteran crowd here will say that they have failed. In fact, that might be helpful. Some of you that are more experienced, can you talk about some of your failures down in the comments? I mean, let's talk about it. Let's make it people realize that failure is normal. It's, you know, we, we put people on a pedestal and it's kind of, you know, and I don't want to get too much into social media, but social media, you can really make yourself look so perfect. These little dings can crush us. Well, no, I mean, probably our successes are built somehow on these failures. So put down in the comments, how have you failed? How have you overcome your failure? And the big tip I would give to people who are starting out and okay, you had your first failed project is really it's very important that you identify your point of failure. Now, if this is a ginormous project and obviously even if 90% of it is someone else's fault that this didn't work out, you can't do anything about that. 
Identify that 10% of the failure that is yours. Own it. Figure out how you can do better next time and then move forward. And then we need to identify bad customers. And I know you're, you're out there, you're trying to make a living, you're trying to get started. And that may mean that you may not have the cream of the crop of customers, but a bad customer can really drag you down. In fact, we probably should do a podcast about that. But I'll just say, and I mean, in the, this person's situation, the biggest change he made to make his career successful was to can that customer. And after that, he was able to improve each project to the point, yeah, he's making it. So I hope this podcast has been helpful. Again, put your submissions in on what you would like to name this podcast to be put in the running for a PLC Tools Sim ALP2 Analog Simulator. Till next time. Hey, this is Tim. And this is Amber of TW Controls. Hey, thanks for finding our channel. And if our videos have helped you make some money and you're not using our products, please consider supporting us on Patreon. Till next time. See ya.